It's time. We are not called to be nice. Sandy Rios, welcome, Sandy. Thanks for being here. We are often called to be confrontational. And here with me in D.C. is Fox News contributor Sandy Rios. And you still like me or you you don't like me, James? Are you okay? You're all right. (laughs) I'm a musician. I can't help it. Uh, Longtime Fox News contributor Sandy Rios, thanks very much for being with us. We have, I think it's four to one youth. In America, wants gay marriage. Our kids are the product of public schools. No wonder they poll the way they do. It's time to stand up or we're going to lose everything we have. Director of Governmental Affairs for the American Family Association. Step up, speak up, say something, do something. This isn't a game. This is real life. Cindy Rios is with the American Family Association. A pro-life radio talk show host. Some things are worth fighting for. And good Friday morning, everyone. Fred Jackson sitting in for Sandy today. Always a pleasure to do so. I'm one of those guys that gets up early anyway. So, uh, you know, it's it don't have to set alarms or anything of that nature. Uh, but it's always a pleasure to sit in for Sandy because you guys who listen every day to Sandy are among the best listeners we have here at American Family Radio. Not sure where you are today, but where we are, it's kind of chilly. We, all, we in the south, you know, it gets down around freezing. It's it's uh, unbearable, and you hear all those kinds of comments. In fact, it's very bad that looking at the weather forecast this morning, watch out, Carolinas, ice, snow, nastiness all the way up the uh, seaboard. And watching earlier today, uh, despite the very, very, very cold weather in the Washington, D.C. area, thousands have already started to gather for the annual March for Life uh, I, I tell you what, those those folks are brave souls, but they're there for a cause, obviously, and not only they, but we believe in. And the theme this year is equality begins in the womb. And uh, there'll be speakers throughout the day. You know, I, I'm listening to Joe Biden's speech the other day, and he was saying, you know, Republicans need to step up and tell America what they stand for. And I thought, you know what? I... The Republican Party has its problems, but I, I, you know, compared to the Democrats, the Republican Party is still the party that has some degree of fight for the unborn. That's a huge difference, and maybe that's something that we'll see today. I think there will, re- I think there'll be Republicans who will be speaking at this March for Life. There usually is. Um, I, I would be surprised if there are any Democrats. I doubt very much that uh, the White House will send any representatives. But you know what? They should, because one of the speakers there is a young lady, 35 years old. Katie Shaw is her name. Katie has Down syndrome. But I want you to have a little listen. She was interviewed this morning on Fox and Friends. I want you to have a listen to this lady, Katie Shaw, 35 years old, Down syndrome, and why this March for Life is so important to her. Cut 10. I love like being here because it helps the uh, the unborn to ha- to have a voice. I mean, it starts in the womb, and it's like it doesn't it doesn't matter how small the child is; it will keep growing and growing until until that child is an adult, and then uh, then watch out, world. <laughs> I love that. Watch out, world. And you know that that is so powerful that message. Uh, she is she's a sweet young lady, and uh, I, I tell you what a message, because we know that many times abortion decisions are based on things like the child is detected as having Down syndrome. But there she is, Katie Shaw, and she's out fighting the cause. 
And you know, there's a, a certain degree of optimism there this year because, as we're aware, the there are laws, including here at Mississippi, our home base here in Mississippi, a uh, 15-week law that has been heard now. The case has been heard in the Supreme Court. We're awaiting that decision. And I tell you what, the pro-aborts are very concerned. They're very concerned that Roe v. Wade will finally be overturned. And it's not just the state of Mississippi, folks. I think there's like 25 states, 25 other states at least, uh, that have laws now on the books that are being considered, of course, being challenged by the pro-aborts, being challenged by Planned Parenthood. Uh, there was a decision just earlier this week, once again, uh, that upholds the uh, the law in place in Texas. And uh, I-, I tell you what, there is a movement. And for those who have been fighting the pro-life cause since Roe v. Wade came in in 1973, many times I'm sure many of them were discouraged uh, by what was going on. Was the movement making any progress? Well, there you have it. We have come to this point where the United States Supreme Court, there is a belief uh, with the people that Donald Trump put on that court, there is a, at least a chance. Some pro-life people said, you know, we've had our hopes up before, don't want to get them up too high. But I've not seen the optimism that I'm seeing now, that at very least what the Supreme Court would do is throw it back to the states for the states to decide, the states to decide what to do with this with regards to abortion. Also uh, on hand today and was interviewed this morning on Fox and Friends is Lisa Robertson. You may know that name. And she talked about her abortion and why she is marching today. Cut eight. Uh, I am here because at 16 years old, um, I was told lies about uh, what was actually growing in my womb. I was told that those that what was growing in there was a glob of tissue, just cells. Um, and that, um, you know, until this baby was born, it was not a life. Uh, so to um, abort that child um, was not really that big of a deal. And um, it, you know, just going with your life after it happens, that was 40 years ago. And I still think of that day every day of my life. And um, through Jesus Christ, I have been redeemed. He's forgiven me. But the regret is always there. It will always be there because I um, rid myself of a child, uh, that generation plus uh, generations after that. And um, so I just want women to know the truth before they choose um, to abort their child. Because when you abort the child, it doesn't get rid of the problem. That's just when your problems begin. Amen. What a testimony there from Lisa Robertson. And, uh, you know, when we, we talk about abortion, uh, we always want to remind people that, you know, God is in the forgiveness business. And many times, young ladies like Lisa, who have had an abortion at an early age, uh, they come to know the Lord as their Savior. There is still that guilt there. But, you know, God is in the forgiving business. And uh, we, we we praise the Lord for that. And uh people who have experienced those kinds of things in the past, uh, the Lord is there with open arms for you this morning. If you're one of those people who have made that decision at an earlier age, uh, turn to the Lord. He will forgive. Uh, That's the kind of God we serve, folks. So be praying for those folks, the March for Life today. We hope everything goes well there. As I say, thousands have been gathering since early this morning. There'll be speeches throughout the day, and American Family News will be covering uh, at least some of those speeches as we go out throughout today.
You know, as I mentioned, uh, with regards to the March for Life, there is optimism this year uh, because of what's going on, the case being considered at the United States Supreme Court. Uh, very many times when you hear the news, it's all negative, but there's some other things going on too, folks, that I think uh, are represent a turning point in this country. You know, about a year ago, um, not many of you, uh, not many of us had heard of Loudoun County, Virginia. Uh, but boy, that sure came on the map. When parents, there was a peaceful uprising amongst parents when they found out about what their kids were being taught. And because of that parental uprising, that brought so much attention what's going on in our nation's schools today. And I know there are exceptions, but we're learning more and more that the curriculum being taught to our kids, you know, uh, a focus on math and science and writing and proper English being put aside for political correct things. And I think the uprising in Loudoun County that we saw had a lot to do uh, with the change in the state government there in uh, in November, uh, that uh, the, the new governor, the new lieutenant governor, the new attorney general, they're going to do something about this. One of the first things that the, the new governor, Youngin, passed was an executive order saying critical race theory is not to be taught in those schools. Now, he's expecting a fight, uh, but uh, he's willing to take that fight. They're also going to investigate what on, went on in Loudoun County uh, when a transgender, a male, a man, a young man, went into a washroom and sexually assaulted a young lady. And what did the county do? They just sent that young man on to another school where he repeated the same offense. So that's why that's going to be investigated. It will be interesting to see. But still, there are new challenges. And one of those new challenges came up this week. I don't know if you've heard about this. Again, it's Virginia, Fairfax County. Something that's being introduced there called privilege bingo. Privilege bingo where students are being challenged to define uh, what, what a privileged kid is. One of the things, that, if you're a Christian, you ought to consider yourself privileged. Well, we do in one context, but we know where this is going. By the way, another privilege, apparently, is if you're the son or daughter of somebody in the military. This is the kind of thing that's going on. We know what this this is part of critical race theory. This is part of dividing people up. It came under condemnation earlier this week. Uh, Pete Hexeth at uh, at Fox was doing an interview with Dr. Carol Swain. If you're not familiar with her, she's a former professor at Vanderbilt University. Uh, she's an African American woman, brilliant woman, multiple degrees, and uh, she came up through poverty. Worked hard. That's her background story. But she speaks out about this privilege bingo that's going on at Fairfax County, but also it's just part of this critical race theory doctrine that's being drilled into our kids in many schools across the country. Cut seven. Privileged bingo. It's if you're a Christian, white, heterosexual, military kid, extracurricular activities. Does this surprise you? It's very familiar. Uh, on the college campuses, they had the privilege walk. If you had two parents, you step forward. And uh, this was done in a lot of social science classes. The uh, end goal was for the white people, the white males to be at the front of the line, the minorities and the 
disenfranchised groups to be at the back. And so it was called The Privilege Walk. Peggy McIntosh, she wrote an article unpacking the uh, indivisible uh, knapsack. Hmm. And so uh, to me, that's a prime example of how college ideas, CRT, has seeped down to the K through 12 education around, educational realm, and um, it disturbs students. Yeah, I, I wonder why. As I say, this is all part of this critical race theory aimed at dividing people. Folks, it's Marxist. You've heard this before on American Family Radio. CRT is based in Marxism. It is communist. Yet, despite what happened in Loudoun County, you see this is going on in Fairfax County in Virginia. But it's not just there. We had a story up on American Family News this week about New Mexico. There's a proposal to overhaul New Mexico's social studies standards. The plan calls for students there to learn about different, quote, identity groups in kindergarten and so-called unequal power relations in later grades. One part of the draft standards would require high school students to, quote, assess how social policies and economic forces offer privilege or systematic, systematic or systemic inequity for opportunities for members of identity groups. You know what? Here's what's interesting in this story. The responses have not broken down along racial lines, with indigenous and Latino parents among those expressing concern in one of the country's least racially segregated states. While debates elsewhere have centered on the teaching of enslavement of black people, some discussions in New Mexico, which is 49% Hispanic and 11% Native American, have focused on the legacy of Spanish conquistadors. They say we refuse to be categorized as victims or oppressors. we got to take a break here, folks, but you get the drift. Despite the victory there in Loudoun County in Virginia, this fight continues. As we keep saying to parents, we got to keep reminding you folks, find out what your kids are being indoctrinated with in your schools. It's happening right across the country. Parents in Loudoun County, parents in Virginia spoke up. They changed things with their vote. And that's, you still have the power of the ballot. All right, much more ahead here on San Urias in the morning. Fred sitting in. We're back after the break. For American Family Radio, this is Gateways to Better Education. I'm Eric Bueller. What will Jesus be thinking while he sits with your children in their language arts classes? You can prepare your children to have a biblical worldview as they sit in class by discussing what Jesus is thinking while he is sitting with them. Jesus thinks biblically, and so should your children. The books your children will read tell stories of how characters deal with truth, beauty, goodness, struggle, and tragedy. This is a great opportunity to think about how the characters live up to or fall short of what God says about these topics. You can encourage your children to ask themselves, how should the characters have responded to a situation in the story if they were following God? Or, what does this story tell me about the fallen nature of people? You can be a gateway to better education for your children by helping them think like Jesus as they read books. Visit gogateways.org. This is Pause to Pray, a chance each day to stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders. 
Today, we pray for Kevin Shea, Administrator of the Animal and Plant Health Inspection Service. His agency protects animal health, animal welfare, and plant health. Genesis 1.30 reminds us that all the plants and the creatures of the earth are God's creation. And to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the heavens, and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. Right now, with this in mind, let's pray together. Almighty God, we ask you to guide Kevin Shea in his role at the Department of Agriculture. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Pause to Pray is the service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team. Get your 2022 prayer guide and make this the year of prayer. Available now at pausetopray.org. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starnes. Stand by for news and commentary next. You need a university you can trust that offers a world-class education with the values, knowledge, and skills you need to succeed. That place is Liberty University, and now is the perfect time to start. This fall, Liberty celebrating 50 years of training champions for Christ, a mission that has not wavered since it opened in 1971. With more than 700 programs online and on campus, Liberty can help you turn your vision into a future you can be proud of. Text EXPLORE to the number 49596. That's EXPLORE to the 49596. Just one year in office and President Biden's agenda is dead on arrival and his administration is on life support. His first press conference of the year was a complete disaster, both on domestic issues and foreign policy. The China virus is out of control. Schools are a disaster. Major supply chain issues. Unemployment off the charts. And Biden says life is hunky-dory. It's as if he's living in some sort of a fantasy land. Even the folks over at CNN were stunned by the president's behavior, wondering if he was facing some sort of cognitive issues. There are serious concerns about whether the president will be able to finish his term in office. All the while, he seems to believe he has outperformed over the past year. Well, in his defense, there is a pretty good argument to be made that Biden is the best, worst president in American history. By the way, my new book makes a great gift, our daily biscuit, Devotions with a Drawl, available right now at toddsterns.com. Don't forget to connect with Sandy Rios in the morning on Facebook or email Sandy at sandy at AFR.net. That's sandy at AFR.net. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. And welcome back to this Friday edition of Sandy Rios in the Morning. Fred Jackson sitting in for Sandy today. Well, the White House is still playing cleanup after that disastrous news conference by the president a few days ago. Uh, The mistakes, let me count the ways. Uh, I mean, the big one probably was the reference by Joe Biden basically saying, you know, We'll have to see what uh, Vladimir Putin is going to do in the Ukraine. And, you know, it might be just a minor incursion. Uh, Almost saying it's okay if the Russians come in and take a a little slab of the eastern part of the Ukraine. We're kind of okay with that. Well, they had to try to walk that back. And they even brought the president back out yesterday to try to clean that one up. Uh, But now you may not have heard about this one. Uh, during that news conference, uh, Joe Biden, of course, he was pushing his uh, uh, the Democrat law, which, by the way, has failed uh, because Manchin and Cinema Democrat senators wouldn't change the rules in the Senate. That having to do with a voting law, which would have given the federal government basically complete control over elections across the country. And uh, 
But during the course of that conversation, it, it seemed that Joe Biden, who has been extremely critical of Donald Trump and his followers for questioning the results of the 2020 election, it seemed very clear to a lot of people that Joe Biden the other day was already questioning or prepared to question the results of the midterm elections this year if his voting law didn't pass. So have a listen here. First, you're going to hear Joe Biden from the speech the other day, and then Jen Psaki yesterday trying to clear up that mess. Cut 12. I'm not saying it's going to be legit. It's the increase in the prospect of being illegitimate is in direct proportion to us not being able to get these, these reforms passed. He was not intending to cast doubt on the legitimacy of the 2020 election. Oh, yes, he was. Anyway, uh, that's my point of view on that. Uh, let's get another point of view on that. Our good friend Gary Bauer, Campaign for Working Families, is in D.C. I'm sure he listened to the speech. Gary, good morning to you. Hey, good morning, Fred. It's a great day in D.C. The big March to Life is here today, as it is every year this time. And uh, this year, people are coming, thinking that this year might be the year that Roe versus Wade ends. So in that sense, it's a mess at the White House, but it's a good day in Washington. <laughs> so so what do you think? I, I, I mean, there, there's at least two, probably many more incidents where and the White House staff has had to come back and try to correct or straighten out something that Joe Biden said. I, I, I this phrase keeps coming to my mind, Fred. Clean up on aisle seven. Uh, you know, it, uh, it, it, there's a whole army of uh, of uh, White House officials and Democrats and uh, media people um, who are Democrats uh, who spent most of yesterday with shovels trying to clean up this mess and. Uh, the problem is you can't unhear some of it. You know, they can all explain it. But Putin heard the president say, you know, if it's a little invasion, well, then our response will be a little response. Uh, look, nobody wants to go to war with Russia over Ukraine. I'm, I'm actually more worried about the borders of the United States than I am the borders of Ukraine. But the way you avoid going to war with thugs like Putin is to signal strength. You want him not to know what you will do if he does something bad. And there's a reason that guys like Putin and Xi of China weren't doing these sorts of things when Donald Trump was president. You know, it's it's interesting. Uh, you mentioned the March for Life today, and we've been talking about that already this morning. Thousands already gathering for that in D.C., and there's a certain air of optimism there. But, you know, during Biden's speech the other day, I think there were a couple of times when he said he, he challenged Republicans to come out and say, what are Republicans for? What are they for? And, you know, I was thinking about that, uh, that question that Joe Biden seemed to be asking during his speech uh, the other day. And I thought, well, I can think for sure there's one thing that is a vast difference between Republicans and Democrats, and that's the issue of the sanctity of life. Absolutely. I, I, I don't know if I fell off my chair or my head hit the ceiling when he said that. This, uh, this is another one of these uh, hoaxes that conservatives and Republicans never say what they're for. Are you serious? 
We want all of our children welcomed into the world, protected by the law, having a seat at the table, being part of the American family. And you can just go on down the list. Fred, we want parents to be directing the education of our children. We want secure borders. We want lower taxes. We want religious liberty protected. We want the right to bear arms, the right of free speech and free assembly. There's a whole list of things that we believe in. And of course, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi are using every power they have to block all those things that not only we want, but I believe in almost every case, the overwhelming majority of the American people want. All right. As we head into the campaign, the primaries will be starting soon for the fall elections. Uh, any predictions on where we are as a country? I've been reading the polls. I know you've been reading the polls. Uh, they show the Democrats, they show Biden way underwater. Um, do you think that's going to hold or are the mainstream media going to come to his rescue like they did in 2020, even though he was in his bunker most of the election campaign, they protected him. But I, I get a sense that the media is 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 ready to maybe to do a little bit of journalism. I, uh, you know, Fred, I, I've seen that same thing. I almost didn't recognize it when I saw it. I mean, what, what was that? Oh, wait, that, that was actual journalism. You know, there was a tough question being asked by a reporter. Who knew? Um, I, but, you know, look, I, I, uh, I grew up with parents that told me, you know, always expect the worst. And I think we have to remind ourselves that it was just one year ago, late January last year, that Joe Biden had a 65% approval rating coming into office. And here we are one year later, and his approval rating, depending on the polls, is, you know, in the 30s. A lot can happen between now and this coming November. So I, uh, I hope Republicans don't sit around and think, well, we got it in the bag. Uh, you know, the, the party out of power always gains seats. Uh, that, that, that's historical trend stuff. It doesn't make any difference. Uh, our side needs to get out there and put out our governing vision. And Fred, I particularly hope that in addition to the things that are associated with Republicans, like lower taxes and smaller government, they speak to working class and middle class families in America. Those are the families that gravitated to the Republican Party under Donald Trump. And they can transform American politics if the working class and middle class America starts identifying with us on a daily basis, with conservatives. Uh, The whole country changes for the better. So uh, the jury's out. We have to wait and see. Right now, I, I'd much rather be in the position we're in than be in the position that Biden and Harris is in. These are historic low approval ratings. And if yesterday or this week's performance by Biden was any indication, he doesn't show any signs of approved, improving. In fact, I, I almost feel a sense of foreboding thinking that these two are running our country in these dangerous times. Gary, you're a resident of Virginia, and uh, in November, this past November, we had a dramatic turnaround in politics in your state. Uh, we have a very conservative uh, new governor there, Glenn Youngen, uh, Winston Sears, his lieutenant governor, uh, his attorney general. It's just amazing what happened in Virginia. Do you think <laughs> conservatives <laughs> can project that on the nation? 
Oh, I, I sure hope so. You know, way, way back in the 1800s, Fred, if a woman fainted, doctors said she had a case of the vapors. <laughs> well, liberals in Virginia have had a, a case of the vapors. They're, they're fainting left and right. Youngkin came in and immediately he started governing like a conservative. Uh, he fired uh, this uh, parole board that was letting criminals out. Uh, he uh, announced that parents would be put back in charge of their children's education. Uh, he, or- he ordered an end to mask mandates in schools. He said each family should make their own decision about whether they want their child to wear a mask. You know, the child might have medical problems. But he shouldn't be wearing a mask. So uh, I was just very encouraged that uh, Youngkin's doing these things. We got a great pro-life conservative lieutenant governor. We have an Hispanic uh, uh, gentleman who is the attorney general. So it's a very diverse ticket that they're all conservatives. And so I I think that uh, this may make Virginia in play, not only in this coming November, but it may make Virginia back in play in 2024, which would be a great development for uh, presidential politics. I know a lot of people across the country were praising the Lord uh, when we heard the the prayer given by the new governor uh, at his at his swearing in there last Saturday. He prayed in Jesus' name. Uh, I, I guess we shouldn't be shocked by that, but in this day and age, we are. Yeah, and, and Fred, you just really zeroed in on, on what that tells us because. It, it wasn't unusual at all when I was growing up in Kentucky, which at that time was a very Democrat state, for office holders to regularly pray in Jesus's name. Uh, but today, with this war on faith and particularly war on Christianity that we've seen now for 30 or 40 years, uh, it is both heartening and surprising when we see uh, Governor Yunkin, who is a strong Christian. Mm. Uh, pray in the name of his Savior. And nobody should be offended by that. They can pray in the name of whoever they want, or they don't have to pray at all. Somehow we we redefine tolerance to mean that you never have to hear anything you disagree with. Well, that's not the, the definition of tolerance. Tolerance is to be able to hear whatever you want. Don't listen to it if you don't want to, but everybody has the right to believe and talk about what they believe, and that's exactly what he did. Gary, you only have a few minutes left, and I wanted to ask you about a a new survey that came out just in the last couple of days. I know you love the nation of Israel, uh, as we do here at American Family Radio, but it was very disturbing on the increase of anti-Semitism in this country. Uh, That just continues to build, and I think one of the sources is our university campuses. Yeah, you know, Fred, every place the left is in control, anti-Semitism and anti-Israel sentiment grows. So when you look at the university campuses, they're totally in the control of the left. Uh, Christian and Jewish students that are pro-Israel are harassed. If somebody from the Israeli government comes to speak on a campus about any subject, they have to hire extra security or they cancel the speech because of threats. And look, I would point out that in Nazi Germany in the 1930s, when you see those photos of, of uh, people burning books on the university campuses, 
Those weren't Nazis that came onto the campus to burn books. Those were students and professors at the university who were Nazis and who pulled the books out of the library that were written by Jewish authors and burned them in the, the common area at these universities. So you're, you're right. Anti-Semitism is growing. As our nation becomes less Christian, anti-Semitism grows just as it did in Europe. So we have a big problem and both parties need to speak out against it and both parties need to rid it from their movement. It, it ever, any place that shows its face, because anti-Semitism, you know, is a very tricky animal. It can camouflage itself. If it's in the left, the left needs to get rid of it. If it shows up on the right, we need to get rid of it. You know, uh, maybe there's one thing that I agree with Joe Biden on. He, he said a couple of times we're at a pivotal point in the history of this nation. Uh, now, what he wants and what we want, conservatives want, is vastly different. But I think we are at a pivotal time in our history, and this nation, Gary, is going to have to decide which direction it's going to go. Uh, Fred, no question about it. Every time I look into the eyes of my grandchildren, my first thought is, what kind of country will they have when they are growing up and starting to live their lives? Countries can unravel in very brief periods of time. We saw it happen in Venezuela. It can happen here. So every man and woman of goodwill, now is the time to step up to the front line and defend this great gift that we all have of America. God chose for each one of us to be born here. Think of where you could have been born. This place is a gift, and we must do everything we can to defend it. Gary, you put out an excellent what's called end of day each day, Monday through Friday. I love it. Get it every day in my mailbox. How can folks get that that great summer you put out each day? They can go to our, O-U-R, ouramericanvalues.org and sign up. We'd love them to do that. Gary, thanks so much as always. Great to talk to you. Great to talk to you, Fred. God bless. Okay, you too. Bye-bye. 888-589-8840 is the number to call. 888-589-8840. It is a pivotal time in our country, folks. But there's reason for optimism, as we saw in Virginia, as I believe where we're headed, maybe for a good Supreme Court decision on abortion. Reason for optimism, but the fight must continue. 888-589-8840. We're back after the break. Amy Carmichael was a missionary in India, rescuing little girls from abuse. In her 50-plus years of ministry, she witnessed the transforming power of the Bible. Sorrowful people are comforted. People who were in the dark walk in the light. Is it not wonderful to think that this book is in our hands today? Bert Harper and Alex McFarlane explore the wonders of the Bible weekday afternoons at 3 Central on American Family Radio. In His Image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality. I loved it. I loved how biblically sound it was, all the scripture to back it up. The testimonies were very powerful. 
if it's a prodigal child that has just run away or one that's caught up in same-sex attraction. There's hope in Jesus. In His Image is now available on DVD and can be purchased in bulk to pass out to friends and family. Order today by visiting afastore.net. You shall have no other gods before me. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. In 1954, Americans lived under constant threat of nuclear attack from the USSR. When America's children practiced duck and cover in classrooms across the country, President Eisenhower realized that our pledge had no distinction from any other republic. After hearing a sermon on February 7th of that year, President Eisenhower signed a law adding the words, Under God, to our pledge. The president recognized the true source of unity, of indivisibility, is unwavering submission to the God of the Bible. As we go about our day, let us all remember the only true source of national unity is submission to Almighty God. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. that one of the greatest attacks in America was an attack perpetrated by our very own Supreme Court. That was the legalization of abortion. Now, subsequent to that, there have been 70 million babies slaughtered in the wombs of their mothers. That is more than the entire population of Canada and Australia combined. Kevin Sorbo of the hit films God's Not Dead and Let There Be Light supports life. I wanted to invite you to offer your full support for the ministry of Preborn and its leader, Dan Steiner. The team at Preborn is very focused and very successful at saving preborn babies from abortion. Join Kevin Sorbo and Preborn in standing for life. By letting a mother see her baby on ultrasound and hear the heartbeat, she'll choose life 80% of the time. For $140, you can help save five babies' lives. To donate, dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250 baby. Or donate securely at preborn.com. This is Frank Afney with the Secure Freedom Minute. Dr. Peter McCullough is one of the world's most influential physicians. Sunday, he'll address a march in Washington. Tonight, he gives Secure Freedom Radio his prescription for our country. Quote, I think at this point in time, we go ahead and drop all the vaccine mandates. We can make things very easy for the Supreme Court and the Biden administration. And then we pull the vaccines off the market. Pfizer, J&J, and Moderna. Pull them. Do a review on safety. Figure out what went wrong. Why do they fail against the variants? And then, if an occasional sick Omicron patient comes up, they'll be early treated with available therapy. They're very treatment responsive. And then we go back to normal. Now we can stop all the emergency measures, stop all the masks, lockdowns, social distancing, stop all that. Just return to normal now, unquote. Amen. This is Frank Gaffney. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. And indeed, welcome back. Fred Jackson sitting in for Sandy today. Pleasure to do so as we've been talking about today is the March for Life in Washington, D.C. It is freezing cold up there, but they have been gathering since about 5 o'clock central this morning. Uh, Therefore, today's march and the speeches uh, should be an exciting day. I think there's a lot of extra energy in the March for Life uh, this year because of what's potentially coming from the United States Supreme Court with regards to restrictions on abortion. 
those laws being passed and considered in more than two dozen states across the country. So uh, we'll wait and see. As I've been mentioning, we will be covering that American Family News today. So let's go to our phones right now, 888-589-8840. And we go first to Texas. And we say good morning to Essence. Hey, good morning. Hey, I wanted to say I stupidly fell for planned butchery before I was saved. And I was alone and in a violent marriage. Planned butchery convinced me that the brain and nerve endings weren't developed yet and I can get rid of the issue and go home. I waited in the lobby with other young women with the same fear on their faces. When my baby was taken, I was told 15 minutes later to get up and get out because the next person is coming in and I'm in the way. When I slowly walked through the lobby, all those women with fear on their faces looked at me with tears going down my face. A worker yelled at me to hurry up because I didn't go out the back door so that the other woman didn't see me. I tell you honestly... I dreamed that night of cuddling a dead baby, and for years, I could hear demons snickering at me. When I came to Christ, the first apology was the baby I freely murdered. I know God washed this away, but that loss is forever. And people without Christ speak for demons the same way I did for years. The deep sorrow never leaves. I don't want comforting over this. I want it fresh in my mind and my heart so I can share all of it. Thank you, Fred. Essence, thank you so much for that call. And I know there are many perhaps uh, listening this morning that with a similar testimony. But we serve a risen Savior who forgives. We serve a Heavenly Father who, through His Son, has made us justified, regardless of what has happened in the past. Obviously, you've repented from all of that, and, uh, you know, God loves you, and you will see that little baby again someday. I honestly believe that. But, Essence, thank you for your call. As I say, I know there's a lot out there with uh, a lot of ladies, and and guys, too, uh, who feel guilty because they were part of those decisions way back when. But God is in the business of forgiving. We serve a risen Savior one who came to save us from the penalty of our sin. And that includes abortion. Thank you for calling. Stay in Texas, and we'll talk to Jerry. Jerry, go ahead, please. Good morning, Brother Fred. Always a pleasure to talk to you. I'll try and keep it fast. Uh, Bingo. Privilege bingo. Laughable. Retired military member here. Hmm. And I don't think children of military parents, male or female, have any kind of privilege unless you consider privilege being able not to see one of your parental units for up to a year while they're deployed. Maybe that parental unit misses a birthday or a holiday or a graduation or some life-changing event in in that child's life. Yeah, that's privilege? Give me a break. Or the military member doesn't come home because they were deployed to a war zone. That, my friend, is not privilege. It's laughable upon its face. It's hypocritical at best. And we just need to, I guess, pray for people. Real quick, wrapping up, if you give me at least 20 more seconds. Mm-hmm. With the day that's going on in D.C., I would like to pray the blood of Jesus Christ over the Supreme Court justices that we ask the Father in heaven that has created all that there is, and we know that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but that we bind those of the air and the principalities of this world and wickedness, that he would open the minds of those that don't claim his blood 
but have them simply abide by the founding documents of this country of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, and that by binding those demons, that they will come to the knowledge that the founding fathers set forth on this great nation, that we ask this in Jesus' holy name. And, Brother Fred, y'all have a blessed weekend, and we'll let you go and move on to the next caller, brother. All right, Jerry. Thank you so much for that on both fronts. Tennessee, we say good morning to Linda. Linda, go ahead. Good morning. Thank you, Brother Brother Fred. I just have one quick comment, and it's, it seems to me that so many of the liberals and Democrats are guided by three things, and that's arrogance, ignorance, and greed. And it just it's, it, if you watch the news at all, I don't watch it as well. I don't watch it if I can get away from it, but it's the Democrats are, jump, are jumping ship left and right. And I'm just, I pray to the good Lord every night that they'll, that he'll open their eyes that they can see and that he'll unstop their ears that they can hear and know the truth that there's one true living God and he is the one that is over it all. Thank you, Brother Fred. You bet, Linda. Uh, and Linda raises a very good point. We need to pray. We need to pray for those politicians who are lost. They're, they're not saved. Uh, they do not have the wisdom that God's Word gives the saved, and they don't have the Holy Spirit to convict them of that sin. But we are to pray for them because God loves them. And, you know, many times, you know, we talk about this privilege bingo, but many of us were privileged to grow up in Christian environments. And so we were exposed to the gospel at a very early age. But there are a growing number of people in this country and around the world, I was shocked back a few years ago when there was a survey that came out that even in the Bible Belt, there are hundreds of thousands of people who have never heard the gospel, despite the fact that there are churches on every corner. Now, some of those churches don't preach the gospel anymore. I'm aware of that. But there are thousands, hundreds of thousands of people who have never heard the gospel. And so they're, they haven't been exposed the way that we have, many of us, since a very early age. So we need to pray for them, and we need to be able to share and be willing to share the gospel. That's, a, that's, that's not a choice. That's a command from the Lord to share the gospel because we know when people get saved, that changes hearts, and they're exposed then to God's wisdom, God's wisdom, whether it's abortion or whatever the case may be. So we need to remember that, and I'm, I'm, I'm thankful that I call for that reminder. Uh, to Arkansas, we say good morning to Bo. Bo, go ahead. Hi, good morning. Go ahead. Hey, um, two quick things. Um, first of all, as Republicans, we're not organized at all like the Democrats. The Democrats have an incredible focus and an agenda that they follow, and it's, it's, it's their God. We follow a living God, but we should be also taking some notes from them and saying, like if you think about Zuckerberg and how much money he poured into getting into this, uh, you know, getting out the vote and stuff, we should be doing the exact same thing to getting people out to say, if you want your values to be, uh, uh, you know, to be um, uh, respected, get out and get the things done. Number two, coming, uh, I grew up in a communist country, and I've seen this before, and it's the same old shenanigans, but 
we are the, the party that we work, and we kind of leave people alone, and that actually has allowed the uh, Democrats and then their agendas just to come in and just sneak, sneakily, sneak in all their uh, wants and wishes, and we were too busy, you know, taking care of our families, raising them properly, and uh, working towards our, our goals. But we should have the goal of, if we're going to spread like the, the word of Christ, we should also spread the values of, of the Bible to not to be lost. So that's where we're, we need to work on. Amen. Oh, uh, couldn't agree with you uh, no, uh, on that matter. It's just uh, we've got to be engaged. And you're right. <laughs> we have an obligation to take care of our families. But at the same time, we have an obligation to be engaged. If We're, we're called upon to be salt and light. And that salt has to get into every facet of life. I know there are some people who believe in the in the Christian community. They don't, no, leave the politics to somebody else, but that's that's not the case. That's not the case from Scripture. Now we know it's 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 Jesus Christ that changes the hearts. I'm well aware of that, but at the same time, if we remove ourselves from the public forum, then we only have ourselves to blame when political decisions are made, when laws are passed that greatly curtail our ability, for instance, to worship, our ability to express our opinions according to God's Word. And we've seen that. So it's it's not an either-or thing. Priorities should still be to take care of our families, but at the same time, that doesn't preclude the idea of getting out there and getting involved. And we talked about Virginia a few moments ago, where today... Uh, Virginia now has a born-again Christian, has a governor, has a lieutenant governor also. And I mean, many Christians say, well, that'll never happen. You know, they're, they're pessimistic. That, that can't happen. Well, it did in Virginia. As we talked about, the new governor there, Governor Youngin, he prayed in Jesus' name, and it wasn't a written prayer in front of him the other day when they were sworn into office. He prayed from his heart, and he prayed in Jesus' name. I never thought I would hear a political leader in this country do that again. But it can happen. God's not finished with the United States, but Christians need to be involved. Tom in Oklahoma, go ahead. Fred, in the Sandy's absence, you're, you're doing so well this morning. I pray that she is on demand uh, mm-hmm. from her illness. Taking a cue from Gary Bauer, earlier brother, uh, who, who said, we want all of our children to get to come to the table. I, Fred, like Essence, believed the lie of planned butchery, and I took the life. I hired a hitman to end the life of what would have been my firstborn son, and I'm going to say who is my firstborn son. I named him, and if Travis Lee is listening at this point, son, I will... I will address you at some day. I will confess to you um, the, the wrong that, that I, I robbed you of. And so may I encourage all of you there at, at AFR to continue to, to be light and to shed light on this on the darkened understanding of, of those who, who do not embrace life. So uh, just, just kudos and bravos from here in Oklahoma. Okay. Tom, thank you very much for that. Just, uh, you know, I'm glad American Family Radio is a place where people feel comfortable uh, giving your testimonies and being honest. We're 
we are American Family Association. We are a family. And uh, when we're in the Lord, we are part of his family. Amen. I think we have time for one more call. Uh, Texas. Iris. Good morning to you, Iris. Good morning, Fred. Love when you sit in for lots of uh, different programs because I listen to y'all all day and bright on you. But um, my two comments are, one, concerning Greg Duncan, uh, Duncan, um, I'm thrilled at his victory and the victory for Virginia. And my comment and maybe question would be, does he have the authority because he uh, uh, had the executive order to end CRT and that was one of the platforms that he ran on. Does he have the authority to withhold funds for um, counties that will not uh, go according to that executive order? Um, I can't answer that right away. Uh, I'm not uh, familiar enough with the Virginia Constitution as to whether that's a possibility. However, I do know, and I'm not sure how this is going to all work out, Iris, is that uh, he has given these school districts six days to comply with his executive orders. It's it's not only on CRT, it's also uh, an executive order on masks, giving parents the right to decide whether the kids wear masks. Personally, I think uh, given the fact that, unfortunately, many liberals, Democrats, still control school boards in that state, I think probably this is headed to court. Uh, and then we'll see what the power, the executive order powers are for the governor. But you know what? He has God on his side. And uh, God can work through political uh, obstacles, and we have seen that. I think we saw that in the very fact there was the election and the way it went in November in Virginia. Listen, keep praying, folks. As Sandy says in their introduction to the program each day, get out there, speak up, do something. We can do that. We can let people know about our Savior, Jesus Christ. But we can let people know why we believe what we believe and what we stand for. It's based on God's Word, and we know that God never changes. Hope you have a great weekend, folks. And stay tuned for more great programming, not only today, but right through the weekend. And Sandy Lord Willing will be back on Monday. Bye for now. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.